Hey guys, welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. I'm Judah Thomas, the lead pastor, and we thank you for joining us today as we discover what God's Word has to say to us. If you enjoy the podcast, we'd encourage you to leave a rating, review, share it with your friends or family, and we hope you enjoy today's message. We are in our series uh, called I Quit. The very first week we talked about I Quit. Anybody remember what we talked about the first week? I Quit Making What? Making excuses. Last week we talked about I quit. Complain. Did anybody quit complaining last week? <laughs> I hear some groans out there. Yeah, that was a tough one. I quit complaining. I, you know, it's funny because even on the way after church, I heard people complaining about com- quitting complaining. So, uh, so that was pretty fun. Um, but this week we're going to be continuing our third part of the series. I quit, and we're talking about I quit being fearful. I quit being fearful. You can write that down. You know, most people have probably battled with one or more fears in your life. If you've battled with a fear in your life, come on, be honest. All over, okay, everyone's, everyone's battled some fears in their life. Did you know that when we're born, babies naturally are born with two fears? Did you know? Anybody know what those two fears are? One, no, one of them's falling. So if you like, you know, they're afraid of falling, and they're also afraid of loud noises. So, so that's what we come programmed with. We're afraid of falling and loud noises. And, uh, and as we develop in life, I think we could probably all agree that we learn a few more along the way. We, we learn to fear other things. In fact, here's some different uh, fears that I found out about. Uh, and, and excuse me, uh, my, my pronunciation, because I'm sure I'm going to be all over the place. But uh, pelodophobia which is the fear of baldness and bald people, okay? So, uh, so yeah, yeah, Darren. <laughs> so if you're afraid of this man up here, that's why. Um, there might be other reasons you might be afraid of him, too, quite frankly. Uh, uh, aerophobia is the, the fear of drafts, um, drafty places, I guess. Um, uh, porphyrophobia, which is fear of the color purple. Um, Shadophobia, fear of hairy people. So the rest of you guys with hair, you're not off the hook, okay? Um, caliprophobia, which is the uh, the fear of obscure meanings, okay? So maybe maybe you're afraid of what I'm saying right now because they're a little obscure. Uh, thalassophobia, the fear of being seated. So I think, you know, George is standing in the back. I think he's struggling with that. So uh, fear of being seated. Whereas stabasophobia, Phobia, which is the fear of standing and walking. Okay, so there's there's a fear on the other side. Um, odontophobia is the fear of teeth, and uh, graphophobia is the fear of writing in public, and uh, and the last one is is the phobophobia, which is the fear of being afraid. I mean, that's that's like the best one. That's like the king fear. I'm terrified of being afraid. I mean, I that's I don't know how that works, but um. Anyhow, you can probably remember being afraid of something as a kid. Um, and, and there's things we're afraid of. Was anybody, uh, put your hand up if you were ever afraid of the dark? Anyone ever afraid of the dark? Okay, a lot of you guys were afraid. How about one, one more? How about thunderstorms? Anyone afraid of thunderstorms? Okay, some of you guys were. You know, I mean, we get these, these unreasonable fears sometimes as we're growing up. You know, and, uh, and sometimes there's something that's with us for a long time, and other times they're just like a little quick fear, like, 
When I was probably about five or six years old, I was down to visit my grandma who lives in the South Carolina. Uh, and and what, what do we do anytime we go down in the South? I mean, we're from Connecticut. First thing we do is we hit the fireworks store, right? I mean, that's like the first thing. We're getting fireworks. We're going out. We're having a party tonight. And, um, and so we got there, and you know, like the little firecrackers, the little ones, we're lighting them and chucking them, lighting them and chucking them, lighting them and chucking them. I'm like five, six years old, and I have one with a short fuse. And I lit it and didn't chuck it. And it blew up in my hand. And I was terrified. I held my hand behind my back. My, my face went pale. And I was just horrified, horrified. And I'm just wandering around for like two or three minutes. And I'm just like, what am I going to do with my life? And, all, and I'm just like pondering everything. My mom finally looks at me and says, what is wrong? And I couldn't even bring myself to tell her. So I figured the best thing to do was, would be to show her. So I held up my hand, which I was sure was missing at least two or three fingers, and I showed her my hand. And she's like, like what? And I looked over, and I realized that I had not blown off all of my fingers, and, and I was very grateful for that. But for those few moments there, that was a big fear of mine. We get all these fears as we're growing up. We get fears of, of fear of the water, we get fear of heights, we get fear of public speaking, fear of death, all these different fears that we wrestle with. But we're going to look at four fears today, four of the most common fears and what God's Word has to say about it. And so as we're going through these four fears, I want you to check off any of these that you feel apply to you. The first one, if you're taking notes, is fear of loss. Fear of loss. You're, you're afraid that you're going to lose something that's important to you. You're afraid that you're going to lose something that has, that has value. You're afraid, if you're married, you're afraid you're going to lose your spouse. Maybe as we get older, you're afraid of, of losing a parent. We're afraid of, of, of losing a, a child, perhaps. We're afraid of uh, financial loss, losing money. We're afraid of, perhaps, losing our our job. We're afraid of, of failing a grade and losing out on that. We, we get afraid of all these different things. And for some of you, this fear, there's a fear of losing control. If things can't be done my way, then, then I'm afraid because when I'm in control, I know, I know how everything's going to turn out. But when I'm not in control, this is why we have a with life sometimes, because sometimes things are out of our control. They're in God's control, but, but we have this fear, fear of losing control. How many of you have ever been afraid of losing something? If that's a fear that you're wrestling with, put a check mark next to that. I have a fear of loss. The next one is, is the fear of failure. A fear that, that I, I'm, I'm going to be inadequate in some way in my life, that I'm, I'm just not good enough. That, that uh, I, I want to do something, I want to do something meaningful in my life. I want to even take a risk and step out, but I'm afraid that, that I'll, I'll fail. You know, there was an old shirt, you used to say, what, second place is what? The first loser. We're like, so, so if I can't come in first place, why even bother trying to begin with? Maybe some of you feel like, you know, I feel like I should, I should start a ministry or I should do something for God. I should go somewhere for God. Maybe I should start a business. Maybe I feel like I should go back to school and continue my education. Maybe you feel like I should reach out to someone that I've lost touch with or, or that there was a, a, a gap and a barrier between you and that person for many years. But then we start to doubt ourselves and say, I, don't, I just don't know if I have what it takes. 
I'm afraid that if I take that risk, that I'll fail at it. And as a result, I'm not going to take the risk at all. Because I'm paralyzed by a fear of failure. How many of you wrestle with this fear of failure? If that's you, just put a little check next to that. Next one's a fear of rejection. Maybe you're a guy and you see a beautiful girl and you want to ask this beautiful girl out and you're like, but, but what if she just looks at me and says, you know, uh, well, why in the world would I want to go out with you, you know? I mean, you know, what, 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 just what if I get rejected? We get this fear of rejection or, or afraid that your spouse is going to leave you or afraid that your friends aren't going to think that you measure up. It's this people-pleasing mindset that we fall into that I want to please everybody around me and if I'm not pleasing everybody, then I feel rejected and if I feel rejected, then I feel worthless. I got a haircut this week. I'm like, oh, I hope people like my haircut. You know, I, it doesn't really matter. But I'm just saying, like, that's how we get. It's like, man, if, if, if people aren't saying nice things about, well, I feel rejected all the time. Oh, I want to wear the right clothes. How do I walk? Do I walk the right way? Do I talk the right way? Do I, do I use the right slang words to keep up with my generation? You know, do I seem cool or are people rejecting me? What about my car or my job? And it's like, you know, you ever meet people that have a, a job that maybe is a, a, maybe one that doesn't seem as honorable? We try to come up with ways, how do I make this seem really cool? You know, so people won't reject me based on where I work. We're basically asking the question, am I important enough? Am I, am I worth it? And I'm worried that people re will reject me. If you, if you wrestle with this fear of, of rejection, then, then put a check mark next to that. The last one is fear of the unknown. Fear of the unknown. How, how many ever have wondered what would happen if, if, if I get cancer? What would happen if I get a, an illness? What would happen if I became paralyzed? And, and we start to think about these things and process these things. What would happen if I, if, I, if I lose my job some point in the future? What would happen if I do something stupid and I, and I get in trouble with the law? What would happen if this? What would happen? This is something that I struggle with personally in my life. You know, is this fear of the, the unknown. And sometimes we get stuck in this, uh, in a bad situation. There's people... Out, here that are, that are stuck in even abusive relationships. Yet, we would rather stay in that relationship than risk going out into the unknown. And sometimes we're just staying in a bad spot because I'm afraid of what's unknown. Many people say, on the other side, life is going good for me right now. But I know something bad's about to happen, right? You ever feel like that? It's like when you're driving down the road and you see the green light and it's like far off and you're like, I know I'm not going to make that. You know, it can't, and it's, it's green, it's green, you're like, it's going to turn red anytime now. And we're going through life and things are going okay. We're like, wow, wait a minute, something bad's about to happen. Things are going too good right now. Something, you know, the wheels are about to come off here. This can't last. So if this is something that you've wrestled with, fear of, fear of the future, fear of the unknown, then check that off. I'm just curious. How, how many of you, don't raise your hand, how many of you checked off all of these, right? Um, 
You know, and I'm afraid for you if you check them all off. No, I mean, no, seriously, we, we, we wrestle with all of these from time to time. And as we go through life, but if we don't learn how to overcome them, then we become paralyzed with fear. Let's read uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear. But of, let's read that part together, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Fear is not from God. Let's get that straight. That fear that we feel, the fear that we experience is not from God. This is an all-knowing, all-loving, all-powerful God. And He has not given you that spirit of fear. Yet so many of us are consumed by it on a daily basis. We're afraid. We're afraid. We're tuning on the news. We're afraid. We watch the politics. We're, we're afraid. We watch what's happening in our world. We get afraid. We're consumed with it. We're always worried. Always anxious. Always overwhelmed. We just can't cope with life because of all these fears. But fear is not from God. God didn't give you that spirit of fear. So as a result, we can quit being fearful. And by the power of the Holy Spirit today, I hope that we will decide to quit being fearful. You know, when we talk about fear, there's an opposite of fear. And sometimes folks say, opposite of fear is faith. But really, really I believe that the opposite of fear is, is hope. And what fear and hope are, are both faith. They're faith in something. See, hope is faith that something good is going to happen in the future, whereas fear is faith in the negative. Fear is placing faith, write this down, fear is placing faith in the what ifs. You ever do that? What if? What if? What if, what if bad things happen to me? You know, people rarely say, what if something good happened to me? Except last week, right? Everybody did it last week. Powerball was out, man. People never bought a ticket in their life. Anyone have a Powerball ticket? Okay. So, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. What if one point how many billion dollars? It was a lot, you know. Like, what if I got that? That would be amazing. I could just, you know, be happy for the rest of my life and all this stuff. And we, that, that's the only time sometimes that we look at the positive what ifs. But usually it's like, what if I get cancer and die? What if I get in a car accident? What if my whole world falls apart around me? We're afraid of something bad. Faith and the bad what ifs is what fear is. Now Moses in the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible, was guilty of this. See, God, uh, we've been talking about Moses and the Israelites the last couple weeks. God appeared to Moses in a, in, a, in a burning bush. This bush burst into flames and started talking to Moses. And, and he had a conversation with it. And, and I've never had that before, but I'd probably listen to what the, the fiery bush is saying. But anyhow, um, but listen... When God said, I want you to go and I want you to deliver my people, the Jews, the Israelites, I want you to deliver them out of slavery in Egypt. They've been slaves for 400 years. It's time to let them go. Listen to what Moses says in Exodus 4, verse 1. It says, Moses protested again. What did he say? What if? What if they won't believe me? What if they won't listen to me? What if they say, the Lord never appeared to you? I, where's he coming up with this stuff? 
I mean, he's just coming up with that all on his own, out of his own mind. He hasn't even been there yet. He's like, what if this? What if that? What if they say this? What if they say that? What if they think that? And here he is, he's playing this, this what if game. God's saying, I'm going with you. But here's Moses, he's all afraid. We do it all the time. What if the economy drops? Anybody watch the economy this past week? Oh boy, right? You know, Friday the Dow dropped, what, almost 400 points. Like, what if, oh my goodness, what if the economy drops? What if I lose everything? What if I lose my job? What if I lose my health? You ever get sick a little bit and you go on WebMD? Bad choice, man. Like, you're like, I got a little cold, and by the time you're done, you got, like, brain cancer or something. You're like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to die, like, next week. Don't do it. Because you're like, what if, what if I do this? What if I do that? What if, what if, what if my spouse leaves me? What if my kids hurt me? What if my teacher doesn't like me? What if I never get married? What if I marry a jerk? You know, some of you are like, I already did. Um, what if I can't have kids? What if I have too many kids? You know, and, and we go on and on, what if, what if, what if, what if, and we're playing the what if game. Man, I just scared myself. <laughs> Fear is placing faith in these what ifs. Why do these what ifs matter? Here's two thoughts, and these two thoughts I believe can be life-changing to you if, you if you apply them in your life and if you realize what they're saying. The first one, write this down. What you fear reveals what you value the most. What you fear reveals what you value the most. You know, you're not afraid of things. You're not afraid of <clears throat> losing something you don't care about. It's the things that we value. Your fear reveals what you value. You value your marriage, well then you're afraid of, of losing something there. You're afraid of, of, of losing your kids. You're afraid something bad's going to happen. It's because you value them. It's not a bad thing to value things in life. Some of you value financial security, and we're, we, our fear is that we're going to lose what we've worked so hard for. It, it, it's not that it's bad. It just reveals the things that we value. The second thing, though, if fear reveals what you value the most, what you fear reveals where you trust God the least. It reveals where you trust God the least. So fear shows you what you value the most and what you trust God the least. Well, I'm really worried about my marriage. I'm really worried about my job. I'm really worried about my grades. I'm really worried about, you know, this or that. I'm really worried about making a good impression on this person. It's because we're not trusting God with it. Let's just shoot straight. That's what it is. You say, oh, no, I'm trusting God. No, you're not. Because if you were trusting God with it, we wouldn't be living in that fear because what does God's word say? He hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but he's given us power. Power. You know, I, I heard the story of a, of, a, of a guy, he was a minister, went to this you know, inner city place, and, and he was doing ministry, going to all these homes and caring for people. And uh, he, uh, when he got there, they provided him with a car. 
But it was, you know, this car didn't run very well. And, and he realized that, that the, the only way he could get it started was if he parked it going down a hill. You know what I'm saying? So then he could take it out of gear, get rolling down the hill, and then he could kick the thing into gear, and he could drive, and he would go. And he had this whole route figured out so he'd never have to shut the car off, or he could always be parked on a hill. And after a couple of years, uh, due to sickness, he was going to, you know, resign that position. Somebody else was going to come on and take that position. So then the first guy begins to explain the elaborate details of how to keep this car running through this circuit. And while he's talking, the guy's not even listening to him. He pops the hood looks like, oh, looks like there's a loose connection here. Goes and cranks the thing up first time. See, some people are living like that. We're going year after year after year with no power. There's a loose connection. And we're just saying, well, I just got to do this. I just got to do this. God hasn't given us that spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. So what we fear shows what we value, but it also shows what we trust God the least about. Say, oh, my kids, I'm just so worried about my kids. I'm just so worried they're going to get hurt. I'm so worried they're not going to follow God. I'm so worried they're going to get bad grades. I'm so worried about this. It's because I'm saying, I don't really trust God enough that He's going to protect them. I don't think He's, he's going to do a good enough job. I don't believe in God or His plan enough. I don't think it's good enough for them. So as a result, I'll help God out by worrying. And how good does that do? I mean, it's like, man, you worry about things, and most of the things that you worry about never happen. You're like, that's right, it's because I worried about it, it didn't happen. No, that's not why. We get ourselves so worked up in worry that we can't even enjoy life, but it's because we're not trusting God with these things. Some of you maybe don't trust God with your financial well-being. You know, I personally, uh, you know, b believe in, in generosity and, and giving, you know, to, to the church and giving to other people and helping people out. But sometimes we don't do that because you feel, well, I I'm so afraid God doesn't care about me. God really can't provide all of my needs. I don't trust him enough to provide for me. Because what you fear reveals where you trust God the least. So be honest. There, there's a blank there. It says... You know, uh, I'm not trusting God with. Write down what you think it is right now that you're not trusting God enough with. I'm not trusting God with. Be honest. Is it your kids? Is it your future? Is it your finances? Your grades? Is it your relationships? Someone you love? Your parents? Your friends? Your boss? Your employees? Your school? Write it down. I don't trust God enough in this area because what we fear reveals what we trust God the least. I'll, I'll be very honest. You know, one of the things that I, I have a hard time with, I said before, is, is this fear of the future. Um, you know, le leading leading the church. I'm like, man, what, what's going to happen? What if I'm what if I'm not what if I'm not good enough? What if I don't you know train people well enough? What if I don't raise up enough leaders? You know, we're going through a whole building you know thing now. We're trying to buy a building. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never bought a building before like this. I don't know. Like, what what, just, what, what if I make a mistake? What if this happens in the future? And, and I have to realize, okay, I'm not trusting God with my future. And I need to take a step back and and own it. So let's own it. What are we not trusting? God with. How do we face these what-ifs biblically? Here's two thoughts on how we can face these what-ifs biblically. The first is to acknowledge your fear and choose to trust God. Did you know trusting God's a choice? Some people just wait for trust to happen. Like, eventually I'll trust God more. No, no, no. Trust is a choice. 
I'm not saying brush off the situations in your life, put your fingers in the ears, la, 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 it's not happening, I don't see anything going on. But No, I'm not saying live our lives of being oblivious, but obviously we do what we can in our life to minimize risk, right? We do what we can. We don't want to live haphazardly in our life. We want to minimize risk as much as we possibly can. But beyond that, when things aren't in our control, we trust God. Man, the stuff that happened this week with the Powerball and with the, with, the, with the economy dropping and all these things that have happened, it's out of your control. So it's time that we just trust God. we got to make a choice, though. David, in the Old Testament, he was anointed as the future king of Israel. Now, there was a problem with this, though. David's anointed the king. There's already a king, King Saul. I mean, how much that have felt? He's like, wait a minute. I'm still alive, and someone else is now being anointed as king. So, so Saul begins to feel very threatened by this, by this young guy, David, who has now been anointed to be the king. And so Saul started to despise him. He says, I'm going to hunt this little kid down, and I'm going to kill him. Now imagine, put yourself in that situation for a moment. That, um, that you're in a situation where... The President of the United States of America wants you personally dead. And he's like, and I'm going to put all my resources behind it. I mean, we got all, you know, Navy, Air Force, Army, everybody, Marines, they're all coming after you. And we're not going to stop until you are dead. That's what happened. I mean, Saul, like, went on a mission to kill David. And, I mean, he sent in armies after him. I mean, imagine the fear that we would feel in that situation. And listen, listen to what Psalms say, what, what David writes in Psalm 56, starting in verse 2. He says, I am constantly hounded by those who slander me, and many are boldly attacking me. Verse 3. But when I am afraid, what does it say? I will put my trust in you. When I am afraid, I'm not going to go hide. When I'm afraid, I'm not going to you know, go put myself under the covers and hope that the world just disappears. When I'm afraid, I'm not going to panic. I will put my trust in you. Verse 4 says, I praise God for what He has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? Man, he's got the whole army coming after one little guy. He's saying, why should I be afraid? I got some reasons for you, David. I got a lot of reasons why you should be afraid. He's like, no, 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 you don't understand. I put my faith in God. I put my trust in God. Why should I be afraid? Lord, did you say the last line? What can mere mortals do to me? What can mere men do to me? When I'm afraid, when it's too much, when I'm afraid of, of losing kids, when I'm afraid of, of the future, when I'm afraid that I'm just not going to measure up, when I'm afraid of failing, when I'm afraid that I'm just going to you know, be rejected in everything I do, I will put my trust in you. I make a choice to trust. Write that down. I make a choice to trust because what can man do to me? What can man do to me? You say, I'm going to trust God, I'm going to have faith, and I won't be afraid. What can man do to me? Okay, so let's answer that question. What can man do to you? Well, let's see, David. <laughs> they can kill you, for one. Uh, they, could, they could capture you. They could torture you. 
They could imprison you. They could make your life miserable. But see, David, he shifted his thinking from temporary, what's happening here in my life around me. And he shifted his focus onto eternity and his life with God and saying, in the grand scheme of things, what can man do to me? All they can do is hurt me a little bit. All they can do is kill me at worst. And then I get to be with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. What can man do to me? Even if the worst what if happens, I will still trust you. See, if I trust God, and if I put my faith in Him completely, hold nothing back, what can man do to me? What can man do to me? My, my worst what if pales in comparison to the goodness and the greatness and the power of an all-powerful God. My what if doesn't stand a chance. My fear doesn't stand a chance next to the God who says that he's for me. He's with me. And even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't need to fear any evil. Why? Because he's with me. So my challenge to you is to be honest. Be honest. Here's the great fear I have in my life, God. Here's what I fear. But I'm going to choose to trust you no matter what. Because the further I get away from God, the more afraid I am of the what-ifs. The further away I move from God, the more afraid I am of the what-ifs. But the reverse is true also. The closer I get to God, the less afraid I am of the what-ifs. Because I trust God. I know He's going to take care of me. He's with me. He's got a plan for me. I choose to trust you no matter what. Let's say that together. I choose to trust you no matter what. Let's say it again like we actually mean it. I choose to trust you no matter what. The second thing is that God, we seek God until he takes away our fear. We seek God. We look for God. We, we search for God until he takes away our fear. How do we do it? We seek him in reading his word. If you're not reading God's Word on a daily basis, I would encourage you to read, even if it's just five minutes a day. If you don't know where to start, go to thrive.church slash Bible and sign up and I'll email you a chapter every single day of your life to read. It'll only take you a couple minutes to read it. But you know what? It's like you read it and we're seeking God. We seek Him in reading His Word. We seek God by prayer. We seek God by getting together with other people that believe in God also and talking about the things of God in a Thrive group or even if it's just a couple of friends you know, on your handout, there's some questions at the bottom. You can say, hey, I'm going to invite somebody out for lunch today and we're just going to ask each other these questions and, and, and talk about this, go a little bit deeper. We're going to seek God. Seek God day and night until He takes away your fear. This verse could be life-changing for you. Psalm 34.4. I want you to read this together with me. Here we go. Psalm 34.4. I prayed to the Lord and He answered me. He freed me from all my fears. How would you like that? How would you like that? To be free of all of your fears. I would encourage you to take this verse and memorize it. Memorize it. You know that thing where we, we, can, we can say it without having to read it? Memorize this verse. You might say, well, well, I'm not even a follower of Christ yet. I haven't even crossed it. It doesn't matter. Just take this verse and memorize it. Just say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to memorize this. I'm going to think about it. And when I start to get afraid, I'm going to say this. I prayed to the Lord and He answered me. He freed me from all of my fears. It's not there anymore. 
He removed it. He took it away. He set you free. And God's word says, whomever the son sets free is free indeed. You don't have to be held hostage to those fears and those phobias and that anxiety anymore. He removed every fear. He freed me from all my fears. I prayed and he delivered me. John Wesley, he said that he never knew more than 15 minutes of anxiety or fear in his life. And he talks about, oh, that's crazy, no more than 15 minutes. He says that, that what he did was, when he had these fearful emotions, what he would do is he would close his eyes and remind himself that God is on the throne. And when I feel afraid, I can close my eyes and remind myself that God is on the throne. It doesn't matter if I lost my job. That didn't mean that God lost his job. It doesn't matter if I failed at something. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that my God failed at something. It doesn't matter if I got rejected by somebody. It doesn't mean that my God has rejected me. See, I don't have to worry about the circumstances around me because I can trust in Him. I can close my eyes. God is still on the throne. He's still in control. And He still cares about me. Isaiah 41, verse 10. He says, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be afraid for I am with you. Go through the valley of the shadow of death. Don't fear because I am with you. Just don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you and I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. When you feel fear, let's close our eyes and focus on God who is bigger than any fear. He's the one that gives you power and love and a sound mind. You're feeling fear? It's not coming from Him. And He wants to give you the antidote for that. The power, the love, and a sound mind. And he'll come between you and your fear. See, what does fear do? Fear puts circumstances between us and God. I'm looking at the circumstances. God's way off in the distance. I'm putting, my fear is putting the circumstances between me and God. But faith, on the other hand, puts God between me and my circumstance. And I'm like, God is bigger than that circumstance. There ain't nothing that he's not in control of. And when I fear the future, I say, God, I know that you are enough for today. I know that you've given me all that I need for today. And the Lord's Prayer says, give me this day my daily bread. He's not saying, give me what I need tomorrow. He said, I'm going to give you what you need for today. I don't need to be afraid of the future. I don't need to be afraid of what may or may not happen someday. Because God is with me now, and he's going to give me what I need to get through this day. I need to seek Him, not have the spirit of fear, not go around asking, well, what if something bad's going to happen? What if something bad's going to happen? We're fearful about losing somebody? Then what? You know, think about it for a moment. I'm afraid of, you know, somebody in my life, you know, will, 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 will die, okay? Then what will then what happen? What happens if, if they do? Worst case scenario, well, then I would be hurt for a long period of time. And I would cry and I'd be really upset. Okay, okay. That's fair. Then what? Well, then I'd still be hurt for a long time. Okay, so you get more... Okay, then what? Well, then, then I would probably start to move on and I would, you know, turn to God and ask Him to help me. I'd still feel, feel hurt, but I would begin... Okay, that's good. Then what? Then I would, you know, move on with my life and I would really trust God and I would say, you know, God was with me. I'd see how He was with me through it all. See, because if we follow the what-ifs the whole way through... We can see where they lead as it can lead back to God. 
See, what if I lose my child? What if I end up going bankrupt? What if I lose my house? What if I lose everything that's important to me? What if I fail out of this grade? What if, I, if, I, if my friends rejected me? What if this? What if that? What can man do to you when you serve an all-powerful God? What can man do to you? They can kill you. That's about it. And I think that for most of us, that's not even the issue that we're afraid of the most. It's some of these other things that we're afraid of. See, God, He wants you to look to Him and not the what-ifs. What if all this happens? God gives you the power of love and a sound mind. What's the worst that can happen to you? I challenge you to ask a different what-if. What if, what if you know God and you really trusted Him to guide you and lead you in every area of your life? We seek Him and we have nothing to fear. See, the devil, he wants us to be in bondage to fear. That fear, that's who it comes from. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. God gives us power, love, and a sound mind. God wants to set you free from those fears. How about this? What if you were set free from your fear today? What if you decided to trust God in this area that you wrote down that you're not trusting God? What if you decided, I'm going to give my whole life over to Jesus Christ? What if God brought you here this morning to a miracle in your life? To say, I'm going to set you free from that fear. David says, I prayed to the Lord and He answered me. He freed me from all of my fears. Some of you are consumed with fear. Because you don't know that there is one that can take away all of your fears. And you can live free of that fear. We can live a life of faith, of hope, trusting in God. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you. And Lord, we all struggle with some fears at some times in our life. We struggle with things that, 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 that are coming against us. Maybe it's the fear of rejection. Maybe it's the fear of failure. Maybe it's the fear of the future. Maybe it's the fear of loss. We struggle with these things, Lord. But we know that your word says that you have not given us the spirit of fear. But you've given us power. Power to overcome. You've given us love to love those that maybe reject us. And a sound mind. A sound and stable mind, one not filled and consumed with anxiety, but one that's consumed and filled with trust and faith in you. David said that he prayed to you and you freed him from all of his... We pray to you right now to free us from our fears. Free us from the things that hold us back. Free us from the things that keep us in bondage. Free us. We give our lives to you. Your word says that if we believe in our heart that you are Lord and we say that with our mouth, we are saved. And Lord, we say this together. You are Lord and we trust you. And whatever it is that we haven't been trusting in you enough, we trust you with that now. We give it to you and we make the choice to trust you. In Jesus' name. Would you stand with us? Next week we're going to be concluding the series on, on I Quit. And uh, we're going to talk about another you know, hugely important thing. I quit comparing myself. And
And it's, it's going to be great. You don't want to miss it. But, you know, let's, let's just gather together and sing uh, this song together before we leave. And, and let's trust that, you know, God, he hasn't given us that spirit of fear, but power, love, sound mind. He has chosen us to be brave and courageous in this world that we live. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go and visit us at www.thrive.church. If you're ever in the area, we'd like to invite you to come and join us. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, we encourage you to leave a rating, review, share with your friends and family. Until next time, may you grow deeper in God's word each day.